Hi, I'm Cheryl, and I'm a mom, coach, domestic abuse survivor, and host of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast, where I help moms survive their high-conflict divorce and develop safe, healthy, and sustainable co-parenting strategies. I know it feels scary, but with the right tools, mindset, and education, you can do this. It may not be easy, but there is light at the end of that tunnel. So let's take that next step together and get this episode started. Hey, Healthy Mamas, welcome. My name is Cheryl, and this is the 35th episode of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Everything shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be taken as mental health or legal advice. Please contact a mental health professional or legal professional for specific questions related to your situation. And as always, the full transcript for this episode can be found at healthymomafterdivorce.com slash 35. Also, have you downloaded my free guide, Take Your Power Back, Four Ways to Feel in Control Through Your High-Conflict Divorce? If not, head over to healthymomafterdivorce.com slash guide to get your copy. With all that out of the way, let's get going on today's episode because we are talking about one of the hardest parts about co-parenting, transitions. What do transitions look like for you and your kids? Maybe transition days are full of tears and I don't want to goes, or maybe there's some excitement to see their other parent. Maybe the transitions are directly from you to your co-parent, or they're buffered by a school day. Maybe transitions take place at a coffee shop or a friend's house or even at a police station. However they look, though, I'm guessing they're never easy on the kids or you. And for that reason, I get the same question over and over again. Do transitions ever get easier? Like most questions, there's no easy answer. And like with every answer, there's a lot of nuance. In a world of hacks, quick fixes, and easy solutions, we want a simple answer that alleviates our concerns, dries their tears, and calms our nerves. But alas, it's just not the reality. Frankly, I don't know if transitions ever get easier, at least not in the purest, simplest definition of easier. The very nature of a transition means a change from the status quo, and as humans, change is often where we meet friction. Change is like a knot in a rope. Sometimes the knots are small, and sometimes they're big, but they're always going to bump us out of what we're currently doing, which is never comfortable. No matter the co-parenting situation, transitions are always going to be tricky. But if you're in a particularly high-conflict situation, they can really feel awful for both you and your kids, especially if there are concerns around the emotional and physical safety of your kids. The reality is, though, in most divorces, there will be transitions for you and your kids to navigate. So how do you do that? How do you support your kids as they go back and forth over and over while minimizing conflict and saving your own sanity? That's what I'm going to be talking about today. But let me be very clear. These are not hacks or quick fixes. This takes a lot of work and it continues for the rest of your co-parenting days. It's not one and done, but it's worth it because your kids will be transitioning whether you're putting in the work or not. 
So let's get started. I've broken it down into three categories so you can focus your attention on each one. Number one, what are you saying to yourself about transitions? So we're starting with you. Are you thinking the worst? Catastrophizing what could happen while your kids are away? Are you pushing against reality, constantly wishing it was different and they didn't have to go? Are you shocked and surprised every time they have to go and it's difficult all over again? Are you confused when your kids come back and their behavior is different from who they typically are? More tantrums, bad attitudes, poor behavior. They're just not the kids you're used to. Do you start to panic when they exhibit those uncharacteristic behaviors? Maybe even find yourself triggered because they remind you of your co-parent? I'm here to tell you the place to start is managing those expectations and getting those thoughts and emotions under control. Transitions are hard for everyone, especially kids. So what they need are parents that are grounded in reality and not functioning from an irrational space. You will have big emotions, but you need to get them under control for the sake of your kids. If you're getting triggered, panicking, constantly worrying, pining for a different situation, reacting poorly to their behavior, then it's time to examine why that is and reel it in. What are you saying to yourself that is generating all those big and frankly unhelpful emotions? What's the story you're telling yourself in your head? The fact remains, this is the reality you're in right now. That doesn't mean you aren't working to make changes you think are important, but right now, in that transition moment, whether they're leaving or coming back, this is your and their reality. And because reality is what it is and transitions are hard, it's also time to accept that they and you are going to struggle. The stress, fear, and pain are typical. And the truth is, you just aren't able to save them from all of it. They are going to experience hard feelings, and that's okay. You can do things to help them, which I'll talk about later on. But if you're busy feeling like a failure because your kids are going through these tough situations, You won't be able to help them or yourself. It's time to figure out how you're going to get your triggers under control. Those triggers could be your kids crying or telling you how much they don't want to go. Or they could be massive tantrums they unleash as soon as they get back. Or maybe it's your kids behaving like their other parent. Or maybe it's seeing your co-parent at transition that sets all those fears and thoughts spiraling. It's time to do your part whatever that looks like for you, to manage those triggers. Maybe it's something simple like breath work before you drop the kids off. Maybe it's writing down a few sentences about what you know you can expect when the kids get back so you aren't as shocked and can control your reactions. Maybe it's regular counseling for you. In fact, I think that's a very good idea for most of us in these situations. There's a good chance that some of your unregulated reactions and irrational thoughts are trauma responses. These are things that a trauma-informed counselor can help you with. The key is to get your house in order, so to speak, so you can hold space for your kids in the ways they need. Like I said, it's not one and done. You don't get yourself all set once, then glide the rest of the way. It's an ongoing process, but it's the foundation of healthy transitions for your kids. Your kids are nowhere near developmentally capable of managing these transitions 100% on their own, so it's incumbent upon you to show up for them in healthy ways. 
But you can't do that if you're functioning from a place of fear, worry, catastrophic thoughts, and dysregulation. So figure out what you need and do it. Number two, what are you saying to your kids about transitions? What language are you using when you talk to them? Is it supportive, powerful language that helps them feel strong? Or are you projecting your fears and sadness and anxiety onto them? When you're saying goodbye or whenever you're leading up to doing the transition to their other parent, what are you saying? Does it sound like, I'm going to miss you so much? Or, I wish you didn't have to go. Maybe it sounds like, this is so hard for mommy too. Now on the surface, you may be thinking, what's so bad about those? I get it. You want to say those things because they feel like the right things to say. And most of all, they're true. They may feel harmless, but you need to put yourself in your kid's shoes. Imagine this. You're five years old or eight or 14 or 45. And you know that your mom is sad that you're leaving. But you're completely powerless to do anything about it. And all she's saying to you is how sad she is and how hard this is on her. What would come up for you? I'm guessing you're in that situation. You're also sad and worried about leaving. But now you're also feeling your mom's emotions with all the guilt and none of the power to change the situation. Your mom telling you how much she'll miss you and loves you and how hard this is on her may seem in her eyes like an attempt to relate to you, but in reality, it's a massive burden on your little shoulders. As their mom, yes, you love them and will miss them. That is true. And you can say these types of things, but there's a crucial extra piece, making sure they also know that you'll be okay. Yes, you may miss each other, but it's okay to miss people. Missing people happens to everyone, and it's hard. But as Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things. Consider language like, I will miss you too, and that's okay because I know I will get to see you again soon, and that makes me smile. Or how about, I can see that this is hard and feels scary for you, I'm sorry that you're feeling this way. I feel this way too sometimes. But you know what else I know? I know that you're strong and brave. And you know how I know that? Because you're my kid. And all my bravery and strength and good stuff is in you. You can do this and I will see you again soon. Whatever you come up with, think of the message in this general structure. Validate how they're feeling. Relate to it if you like. Acknowledge the difficulty, but add that they can do difficult things. It's okay for stuff to be hard. Offer some age-appropriate tools that they can use. Even better if they're tools you use when you're feeling the same way. Ask them what kinds of things make them feel better when they're feeling that way. Talk about simpler situations that they can understand. Then talk about how they can use those tools to soothe themselves while they're away. As for tools you can offer them, there are lots of soothing techniques and tools they can use to ground themselves. Now, I'm certainly not a child counselor, but I have picked up a few things along the way, like naming three things you can see, hear, feel, smell, and taste, or maybe breathing strategies. Many kids in co-parenting situations benefit from regular counseling, so that's something to consider as well. 
If you're not able to take your kids to counseling for whatever reason, you could consider booking yourself in with a child counselor. You can talk to them about what you're seeing and what your kids are struggling with, and they'll be able to give you some tools and strategies you can use with your own kids. Okay, the third thing on my list, what are you doing on transition days? Kids love routines, predictability, and patterns. It helps them feel grounded in a world where everything is so big and confusing and generally entirely out of their control. Transition days can be very difficult for kids, so it's our job, and especially as their safe parent, to help them through it as best we can. So far, I've talked about the things you're saying to them, but now I want to talk about what you can be doing. How about a transition day ritual. Whether they're leaving you to go to their other parent or coming back from them, what little things can you repeat every time your kids leave or come back to help them feel like they have a sense of what's going on in what must feel like a chaotic world? Some ideas would be making their favorite meal for dinner every day they come back to you. Maybe having the same special song playing in the car on the way to dropping them off. How about creating a secret handshake or clap routine to do right before you say goodbye? Whatever works for you and your kids. The ideas will change, of course, based on the age of your kids. And as your kids get older, they may grow out of it. But you also may be surprised that even beyond the time when they need it, there will forever be comfort in the things you did to ground them when they were younger. Now keep in mind, the rituals you can be doing on transition days also include the things you're not doing. Maybe your kids need space when they get home. You may want to smother them because you miss them so much, but that may not be what they need. A ritual for them may be to come home, lie on their bed or couch, and veg for an hour before doing anything else. Particularly if their time with their co-parent is stressful and chaotic, All of that anxious energy needs to be dealt with. So it's important to follow their lead and create a routine that supports them. Pay attention to what they need and align your expectations and behaviors with that. You may find that your kids come back full of attitude, like they're different kids than when they left. I want you to remember that if it's not safe for them to be themselves in their other parent's home, it's all going to come out when they're back with you. And it won't always be pleasant. But be patient. Toe the line. Be the steady rock. Maybe the routine has less to do with them and more to do with you. For instance, if you know transition days are often very challenging and triggering for you, plan to have a low-key day for yourself so you can show up in a place of calm for them. Plan transition day routines for you that include easy meals, uh, maybe a movie night that your kids could join if they wanted to, maybe a shower before bed to relax and ease some of the tension you might be feeling. Only you will know what will work in your situation, but creating healthy rituals and predictability around transition days can be very helpful for both you and your kids. You know, None of us thought we'd be sharing parenting time with our kids. We never thought we'd be part-time parents. In some ways, though, because our time is limited, we get to pour all of our energy into that portion of parenting time, and we get to focus it in a way we wouldn't have otherwise been able to. 
We have the opportunity to prepare our kids for life's ups and downs in ways we wouldn't have otherwise thought of. The challenges around co-parenting provide us with perspectives that would have otherwise never occurred to us. And for many of us, our abusive relationships, high-conflict divorces, and life restarts made us better moms, humans, and citizens. Many survivors of intimate partner abuse had no idea people like that existed. Their lives had never been touched by that kind of evil before. But now we do know, and although it's unbelievably painful, we love more fully because of it. And those who feel it most are our kids. Chin up and remember you got this. Reel in that mental catastrophizing. Talk to your kids in ways that help them feel strong and capable and create those healthy transition day rituals. Because then, you healthy mama will be well on your way to raising healthy kids. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review. And if you like what you heard, share this episode with other mums. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And if you want to learn more about me and what else I have to offer, head over to healthymomafterdivorce.com. And while you're there, why not grab your copy of my free guide, Take Your Power Back, Four Ways to Feel in Control Through Your High Conflict Divorce. One foot in front of the other healthy mama, you got this, I promise.